Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Up the walls. You're so bloody negative about everything. So negative about everything. I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome into the run home. All thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourite straight to your door. Sammy Ackerman in with you this afternoon, joined ably by producers Brad and Jacob. Uh, and lads, uh, as we are now uh, teetering away from all this, uh, the winter sports at uh, the rate of knots and staring summer in the face, um, what? where is summer? I, I, I could have sworn we saw it um, stick his head out. Brad, a little while ago? She's been a bit gross today, Sam, in the last couple of days uh, around the country. A couple of places against some light. A bit of sun's come out actually in Auckland in the last sort of hour and a half. But yeah, just notice the last couple nights uh, since maybe Sunday night, been a bit chilly and I wonder if that's the weather gods reacting to the Rugby World Cup final on Sunday, Sam. But uh, yeah, just a, there was a mood change uh, both with people in the country and the weather as well uh, and apparently for the rest of the week it's going to be a bit yucky as well. So uh Come on, man, let's have that early summer back because a couple of weeks ago it was gorge all around the country. Now, let's get now, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean the other way because summer we know what summer is in New Zealand. We've you know, we live, we live in this country, we love it to pieces, but let's face it, it is always gonna have some crap thrown in with the good. Now, let's <laughs> let's let's look at it at the, at the potential thought that we're getting it out of the way now, right. So let, let's perhaps the cyclone coming through is bringing while we're moody. We're not particularly going to be out sunning ourselves uh, on the uh, on the Monday and the and the Tuesday and the Wednesday necessarily after uh, a big sporting weekend like that. We're, st- we're still you know some of us still kicking the can, uh, still stroppy around the office or around the place, whatever we're doing. But I, I'm I'm confident it's going to come right. We're owed. We, we're just owed so big. That they're deciding to uh, to sandwich it out now. Mother Nature's not going to not going to do us dirty like that again, surely. And look, I'm glad that the uh, that the um, rain has uh, taken till at least uh, Monday to come in because I believe that's when uh, Jacob finished up with his, his half marathon with the Auckland Marathon. And uh, how, are you are your legs still working, Jacob? I mean, I, I know <laughs> you were you were torturing yourself physically while we were all torturing ourselves mentally with a with a rugby world cup. <laughs> Well, I was, t- phys- uh, I was torturing myself physically and mentally because I was listening to the commentary here on ECNZ, uh, and Daniel McCarty and uh, Christian Cullen did a great job, and I was Actually, cursing man. cursing myself when I was hearing uh, Sam Kane. Sam Kane's yellow had been upgraded to a red card, and everyone was looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? He's swearing <laughs> to himself. You know, there's 5Ks to go, mate. This is the, this is the like, back end. This is the final stretch. You should be happy. You've done the worst part, but... um. Yeah, no, I, was, uh, I mean, Sunday morning for me was, um, it was good and bad, um, but yeah, uh, my legs, my legs are still working, Sam. Um, I'm actually, uh, I was asked multiple times around the office and at my uh, flat yesterday if I was willing to do another one. Uh, I would have, t- I would have said vehemently no on Sunday, 
Uh, but Monday, I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I should do another one. I'm not sure. I'm, yeah. I'm torn. It's a drug, I'm told. It's an absolute drug, and uh, Mark Watson will, will tell you all about it. If you, if you ask him about um, distance running, sit down. Uh, your afternoon will be soaked up. Look, look, half because marathon, it's damn yeah. hard. <laughs> half marathon, way to go. Look, Brad, not really Brad. Look, Brad and I are quite you know, intense individuals. We don't do things by half, so we won't do it at all. Right, Brad? That's exactly right. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a half type of person, so not half, half, half Iron Man, not for me. Mm. I, I would have said the same until I saw the route and then I changed my mind. No, I, I thought so. half half's fine for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, good on you, mate. And to uh, all who took part in the Auckland Marathon, uh, well done. Uh, better for you guys to put your bodies on the line than us, but we respect and salute you from uh, the comfort of our uh, lounge or chairs or the bar. Salute's a bit of a strong word. Well, you know, it was more of a tip of a hat, really. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah, just a little nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, yeah. just, 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 just an eyebrowless, expressionless nod. Yeah, like the people's eyebrow sort yep, of raised towards J Dog. Yeah. Now, uh, Brad, a question you wanted to uh, get in here: Are we shit at losing? Is this? Is this? Where, where, where's your? Where's your mind uh, taking you on this? We're a couple of days away uh, now from a uh, a weekend that brought some defeats that sting. Obviously, a World Cup will go in most people's top of the list, but as I reflect, even though we got close, even though we got close against Australia in the cricket, it hurt. Now I think about it, it's like, geez, mm. imagine if they imagined just like one of those catches had stuck during the innings uh, and we'd managed to reel that in by, you know, five, ten runs. Just just in terms of, of the of the rugby and, and our reaction and, uh, you know, like, first of all, I think the way Ian Foster kind of handled everything was probably the way we, we should have all handled it. And uh, while he acknowledged that they weren't happy with a few of the decisions, he was very, very quick to give credit to the box and their performance. And we've seen the camaraderie between, camaraderie between several of the players. Um, Andrew Savile on TVNZ did a really, really nice story regarding Adi Savier and Sia Khaleesi, and they have a very, very special friendship, uh, which was sort of profiled in that story. Uh, and I don't know, I just I, I feel a bit icky. Um, and I was the first person jumping up and down through my television on Sunday morning yelling at Wayne Barnes and the TMO to stay off my screen. Uh, but then in reflection and listening to Nigel's interview yesterday with um, with Steve and, and Kim and yes, listening really to good. a few other interviews and reading a few stories, uh, I just kind of wonder if, if, if we've kind of overreacted a little bit. And uh, at the end of the day, and as Nigel pointed out yesterday, if you look at everything from a technical standpoint – they got 95% of the decisions right in that game. I think there's a bit of a conjecture around an Adi Savia uh, holding on call, which led to, I think, South Africa's the first three points or might have been the 6-0. Yep. Um, there's a little bit of conjecture around that. Totally get it. Referees make mistakes, right? And I just think uh, off the back of us criticizing the French and Anton Dupont for harassing Ben O'Keefe post uh, the quarterfinal and... Uh, I saw that, you know, um, and and then again, Keith came into criticism from the English fans. I just, um, and we're always quick to call them whingers. And uh, I just feel like, um, and I was guilty of it, I just feel like there's been a bit of that this week. And in reflection, it was a game of rugby. We lost the World Cup. And, you know, look at a country like Brazil, Sam, greatest footballing country of all time, arguably. They haven't won the World Cup since 2002. You know, so like World Cups are hard to win. And um, at football, soccer, cricket, whatever it is, they are hard to win. And we got to a final. We did a great job. And, and it was, as Ian Smith says, by the barest of margins, we lost that game. And uh, 
it wasn't a controversial refereeing decision that cost us that game. It was small margins like missing kicks by inches and Adi Savia's the bounce of the ball when Adi Savia could have scored under the post, the try, the try saving tackle from Aronson on Rico um, uh, Rico Yuani. There were small margins in that game, and we didn't. We, the, and the bounce of the ball did not go the All Blacks way. On the Brazil example, um, yes, it's been a while, and yes, uh, hard, World Cups are hard to win. But uh, with the Football World Cup, uh, two teams haven't won seventy percent of them, so it's not. It's a slightly. There are more people who can win that World Cup, uh, and if uh, the if you want to view the All Blacks or um, as or South Africa as, as the Brazil's percentage strike weight wise, you, you almost knock it. You know, the South Africans almost mm. knocking at fifty percent of of World Cups. So you know, it's and it, it, it's a it's a it's a different beast for me um, in, in that regard. But th- th- this is a hard competition to win. It is a monstrous thing. And I'll tell you what, I think that we all and I'll put my hand up. I I um I used uh, Wayne Barnes's name in vain during the uh, the context of the uh, the game. And, me too. Uh, my 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 mate uh, who was watching uh, with with us uh, took it far <laughs> much much further than I uh, under those circumstances. But that's an emotional response because we don't sit there and go and you don't sit there in the moment and go the rule book and the lawmakers. That's and that's where our anger and our frustration at what rugby currently is, is really aimed. It's at the laws. They are the, yeah. the visual representation of the laws. They enforce them. And yes, they don't make them. They do their job. And as we're saying, a lot of those calls are correct, but it, it's. It, I don't think we're really th- uh, theoretically angry at them. It's more that, the, more that the rugby is set up to fail. And anyone who's listening to the staff show uh, today, there were some wonderful calls coming through uh, regarding ways, uh, ideas for rules that could fix rugby, and we had None that yesterday them, on no, our show as well. Like absolutely, it, yeah, and that was it, it was it was creative and fun. It, it, but do you know what? Not a single one of them is going to happen. Not yeah. one, no way, because there's no imagination. Or I don't even. I'm not even entirely sure there's a desire. We we we. I thought um, CVD really nailed it on the head where he says that that really needs to start with um, changing this game up. You need to start with the marketing. You need to start with find, getting the marketers out there, find out what this game should be to appeal to the audience and work backwards. I thought that was right on the money. But the fact remains that I don't believe there's a desire for it. Rugby has been doing this for itself for a very long time. We shouldn't expect something to change off the back of this. We can but, want it and we can call for it, but don't expect it. What I will say, though, to that, I was having a chat to a, a friend of ours, Ross Carl, um, in, in the recent days, uh, and off the back of the 2007 World Cup, which is widely regarded as the grossest-looking Rugby World Cup of all time in terms of, <laughs> A, what that final looked like um, and the rugby that was played in that tournament where it was all about uh, playing without the ball. There were changes made to the laws uh, post that World Cup and, and Ross kind of tends to think that maybe they will look at a few things and what I what I really like what Steve said and this is what the NRL did so well with the six again call right they've brought fatigue back into the game okay and fatigue brings in mistakes defensively and that's what they need to look at and I think the simplest thing to do and I suggested this yesterday uh, you don't have an interchange like rugby league you have eight players on the bench but you can only use five of them and then you have to be tactical around 
uh, what you're doing with your substitutes. Uh, and and, the, and you, you need to bring fatigue back into the game, and that will encourage uh, offensive play at, at the back end of a game. So, look, I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if World Rugby is or is not happy with the state of the game. All I know is that there was a lot of feedback, not just from New Zealanders, but from people all around the world that, that was not a great advertisement um, at the showpiece event. And as Tony Kemp so eloquently put on his Twitter, thank you, Rugby, for giving the best advertisement um, for the NRL on your showpiece game. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's so much to look at with it, Brad. Uh, but as, as far as us being better at losing, do you know what? I reckon we've gotten better. Uh, and I, uh, there, there is a, there's a, an aggro uh, initial response. But I think as, as, a, as a country, our frustration has, has been at the rules and the inconsistency. I haven't heard a whole lot of people come out and refer to cheat and bias or mm-hmm. they were trying to, it was pre-planned to get us or any of those type of um, referee allegations we've heard from. And, and you know, Warriors fans have, have, have used the word uh, bias and uh, unconscious bias, whatever you want to go with with uh, the season alone. It's, it's been plenty of it. I, I actually think that we've handled ourselves with a higher degree. It's just there's always a few... Um, you know what, Knuckles, who uh, jump on social media and either make direct threats, morons. They, they, they're not fans. Um, I'm quite happy to cut up their passports and, uh, and, and chuck them onto a, uh, a floating barge somewhere because that's, that's not who we are as a nation. But it, it's, there's always going to be some and people who like to mouth off on social media because that what social media has, has become, unfortunately, a very public and, a, and potentially uh, damaging to some people way of blowing off steam. Uh, in a way that you would never have done previously. So I, I actually think New Zealand has held itself remarkably well by most standards. Social media is a cesspool, right? Um, and, and like all we want is consistency as fans, right? Across the board in all sports. Um, and the easiest way to achieve that is make it easier for the referees. Yes. Then you will get consistency. If you make if you simplify the rules, you then you get less of a of a gap between good calls and bad calls and having the fear of God put into you because this certain referee is, is officiating a, a rugby game that your team is watching. And, and look, I know you're a rugby league supporter. There are a couple of names of referees that when I see their name next to a Warriors game, I shiver. Yeah. And there's a couple that I'm stoked. Like if, if I see Andrew G, it's Andrew G, right? If I see um his, his yeah, if I see his name, I know we're good. There's a couple of other really, really good, good that they just let the game flow and I don't feel like there's a perceived bias or what I think might be a bias. But there are a couple of referees um in the NRL and, and the same happens with rugby and, and and to a lesser degree the same happens in cricket. So make rules simpler and we will get that. Um, consistency. Sammy, just before we get to the, the heads, I know we've got to get there. I just wanted to make a note of Afghanistan, right? They now won three games at this Cricket World Cup. They're um, arguably New Zealand's biggest contender to make the quarterfinals, given they've, they've knocked off Sri Lanka. And actually, New Zealand's chances of rolling into a quarterfinal without winning another game have improved greatly with that result overnight. Um, but they do win one more game, they do qualify. But aren't Afghanistan the example in sport when a, when a governing body gives exposure to a team and gives them games against top 10 nations that they can advance. Afghanistan have been involved in the last three or four Asia Cups playing India, Sri Lanka and Pakistan. They've been at the Champions Trophy. They've been getting plenty of cricket. Um, I, I understand they're touring New Zealand in a couple of years as well. That to me is an example of a governing body doing things right for their tier two, tier two nations. Yeah, and I'd, th- I'd throw the, um, the the growth of the T20 League uh, where it doesn't matter, it, uh, the world leagues, I'm saying IPL and all the others, where it doesn't really matter where you're from. It just matters how good you are. Uh, and if you fit in the same as, uh, as everybody else with those. So I, I think the professionalism uh, of that has certainly helped. But yep, the ICC has shown a commitment 
Uh, and I think that it's quite interesting this year, as we've seen the tightening, because uh, the ICC Cricket World Cup blew out, didn't it, Brad? Got a bit bloated uh, with games and the Super Sixes and pull. And, and, and this round robin, down back down to 10 teams, I think it's produced an extraordinary high quality. Agreed. Uh, and, you know, unless you're England, but, you know, can't, who, who <laughs> still can't believe that. And not that I'm trying to take uh, Stevie's uh, place today on that. We, we, we will have significantly less England bashing um, just because it's, it, it's not my first thought waking thought every moment when I wake up uh, every day like Stevie so I can't I, I can't do it quite as well as you, you joke but that's literally the truth it's the truth I'm not joking yeah, yeah. Just, this is Steve, Steve, Steve Devine an incredible uh, professional sportsman and a man who gives so much back to the community uh, with the fire service a legend of a human he wakes up and he thinks I hate words, England I hate England it's like it's the, yeah before anything like I'm hungry or geez I need to take. A I've break. actually heard Sam that it's his, his alarm clock sound. Uh, just someone going, I hate England. I hate England. <laughs> no, I, I reckon it's it's, it's George uh, George Northland's another shot, and uh, and he just suddenly just bolts up upright out of bed, just can't stay in bed awake anymore. Too much rage. Uh, anyway, anyway, we do love our uh, CBD and his opinion, but yes, I'm with you. And what Afghanistan has achieved here is a sign as well that when you get a when you get a chance, you got to take it. But you also need to believe this. Afghanistan has had a style about them. We saw them when they played New Zealand. Even if you don't watch these other games, just New Zealand games, Afghanistan had something about them that put pressure on, and you could see this fire, like a fire in their belly. And to take down three, three teams that have won World Cup before, astonishing. I'm with you entirely, Brad, uh, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Let's take a look what's coming up on our Macca's menu. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. Uh, we'll be taking a look ahead. Real crystal ball gazing here in the uh, the way too soon and way too hot take on Razor Robertson's first All Blacks team. What it might look like. I know the, the bloke who's currently in the job he doesn't even finish his contract. He's got a few more days to go, but let's take a look uh, and get your thoughts on that too. We're talking to a uh, Kiwi Ferns icon uh, and uh, a stalwart of the game in Georgia Hale, the great Dean Lonigan, is going to ex explain the current state of world boxing to us. And it's one that I really want to delve into and looking forward to hearing from him. I think it's a topic that we should be talking about, uh, given that some New Zealand boxers starting to push themselves back up that ladder. Tuesday time machine, the Tuesday brain buster, questions without notice. Of course, it's teamless Tuesday. Do not miss that. Uh, we'll have the TAB update as well as plenty of your feedback and opinion. That's the Macca's menu brought to you by McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. The Run Home's sporting headlines. Here's what's making news today. Arguably the greatest footballer of all time, Lionel Messi has added to his personal trophy cabinet that must be getting pretty big now. It would cost a fair penny to shift it over the overseas with me where he goes, after winning a record-extending eighth Ballon d'Or. Uh, the 36-year-old, who last won the award in 2021, played a pivotal role in guarding Argentina, of course, to their first World Cup title in 36 years after beating defending champions France in what was a thrilling final. Also in the awards was Messi's teammate, Emiliano Martinez, who won Best Goalkeeper. Spain's superstar midfielder, Atiana Bonmati, was awarded the Women's Ballon d'Or. And Englishman Jude Bellingham received the Copper Trophy as the best under-21 player. And staying with football, disgraced Spanish FA boss Luis Rubiales has been handed a three-year ban from all football-related activities by FIFA. Later, boy. 
Good riddance. Afghanistan has upset another former champion, taking down the 1996 winners Sri Lanka by seven wickets to continue their memorable campaign at this Cricket World Cup. Their bowlers laid the foundation for their third win in six matches. They rolled the Sri Lankans for a very below par, 241. 49.3 overs. Three of their top five batters then produced half centuries in a clinical chase. They accomplished it in 45.2 overs to move to fifth place on the points table. They have now registered, of course, before this had registered just one win at the 2015 World Cup, none in 2019, and now they have an outright chance of making the last four in India. And New Zealand tennis player Erin Ratliff and her doubles partner, Canada's Gabby Drabowski, have caused an upset in the opening match of the WTA Finals in Mexico. Ratliff and Dabrowski, who are seventh seeds for the season-ending tournament, beat the world number one pairing of Americans Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula 7-6-6-3. The pairing have only been playing together since August, came from behind in the first seed to defeat the favourites in Cancun. The prize pool for the tournament is fifth. 15 million Kiwi dollars, and those are your headlines. Now let's take a look. Teamless Tuesday options brought to you by Kennard's Hire. Make your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Kenner today. It's Halloween, 31st of October. I know it's not something that everyone in this country gets behind. It doesn't make it not Halloween, though, does it? It's here. So we want for you your starting Halloween 15. So scary characters, scary looking dudes. Scary names, people who've got scary nicknames as well. Characters, you know, Pennywise. We'll go, if Pennywise is in this team, I'm, I'm walking out of here. One of the scariest things I've ever seen in my entire life from it. Uh, we've got Jason, we've got Freddy. But who is in it? And please, pick a position too. We want to know not just who would make it, why and where they would go. This is part of Teamless Tuesday, of course, brought to you by Kennard's Hire. Make your job easy. Talk to someone who's taken the Ken Oath today and do give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three, or give us a call on 0800 150 811. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Just visit us.